So I just kept telling everybody, nobody's job looks the same. My role as superintendent is no longer the same. So everybody's got to think outside their box. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. As we get ready for our virtual conference, What's Right in Education, on November 17th and 18th. Some of our presenters will be joining me on this podcast to help you get to know them better. To learn more about our virtual leadership conference, What's Right in Education, visit studereducation.com slash events. Today's guest is Superintendent of Hopkins County Schools in Kentucky, Deanna Ashby. Deanna spent 27 years working in education with Hopkins County Schools. Deanna has served as a high school business teacher, guidance counselor, school principal, and district administrator. She is also a member of the Kentucky Association of School Resource Officers Board and the Kentucky Department of Education Facilities Focus Group and a mentor for Kentucky women in educational leadership. I'm so happy to welcome Deanna Ashby to our show today. I've had the opportunity over the years to know her and to know what her leadership is like as a superintendent and to hear some of her stories. You're in for a treat today. Welcome, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. So glad to be here. All right. So let's start by telling us a little bit about Hopkins County Schools, your mission, and why you went into education yourself. You know, how does that connect to you, Deanna? Madisonville, Kentucky is my community. I wasn't born here, but I've been here uh, over 30 years, and Hopkins County is my home. I've been an educator with this district for 29 years, and this is my fifth year as superintendent. In Hopkins County, it's really important for us to live what we say is important. Thus, the motto that we follow since I've been superintendent is one team, one mission, one community. And with 14 different campuses in our district, we have different first names, different school colors, different mascots, but we all have the same last name, and that's Hopkins County Schools. When I was a little girl, I grew up playing school with all my neighborhood friends. And of course, I was always the teacher. I knew then that I wanted to be a teacher. And I have one sister who's older than me that became a nurse. Well, my dad, who was a union coal miner and farmer, was always so proud that my sister was a nurse and I was going to be a teacher because he said we would always find jobs and that they would always need those occupations. I went into education because obviously I love school. I love working with people. And the educational journey that I experienced through school was life-changing and fulfilling. And I always wanted to be involved in sharing that educational journey with others. That's great. Deanna, I think that's such a common story of all of us who are teachers. We found something to teach. I, I don't know. You probably don't know this, but I, I'm an only child and very close to, to my parents. So sometimes I had to find a way to just you know figure it out myself. And I had like tons of stuffed animals in my bedroom and I just put them all over. They had their own seating assignments. And we went and my mom would I'd take, spend my quarter to buy a, a math workbook or a reading workbook at the TGNY at that time. And that's, you know, I just teach, teach the animals. So anyway, I think that we have to have it in our blood. Don't you think, Deanna? 
I absolutely do. I was a high school business teacher because I love business and was a business major. And so it just kind of fit. So what about you? Were you a teacher in a public school system? Yes. High school math teacher. Oh, yeah. yeah. So as a high school <laughs> math teacher and attendance coach, I learned, I learned from the beginning of time as a little girl, like we all did. And that's carried over to the good work that, that you do. What we've noticed is, you know, you're constantly in the news in a good way, um, Deanna. So that's a nice piece. And you're doing good work that provides great service and communication to people. Now, what do you do and why is that important to you? Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. When I began my superintendency, it really felt like that our schools were working in silos, our district and our community businesses. It felt as though we were all independent operators, independent businesses with varying agendas. So as I shared about our motto, living what we say we believe is important to us, we have worked hard to move away from the silos, not just within our school system, but in our community. We want to be more than just part of a community event. We want to really embrace a community partnership. And so I can share a few of those examples with you. Uh, For instance, the Salvation Army story. We had a Board of Education member who was actually on the board of directors for the Salvation Army. They had a lunch and learn. And so he invited us and 18 of our administrators, district leadership, family resource and staff members visited and toured the facility. And I'm going to be honest, it was the first time in my 29 years in Hopkins County that I'd ever even been in the Salvation Army. I mean, how terrible is that? I should have you know, reached out to them before then. But interestingly enough, most of the people on the tour with us uh, were in the same boat. So we immediately uh, during our visit decided, hey, we need to be partnering alongside these folks. And we did. And it was almost instantaneous. We helped to uh, set up two classrooms, an elementary and a secondary room, uh, furnish the rooms, and then also sent our teachers through extended school services to actually work at the Salvation Army a couple of afternoons every week uh, to help them. So we were literally taking the school beyond our walls into the community. We just felt like that that was truly um, a step in the right direction for our kids. Another um, example would be backpack blessings. And so for many years, our family resource centers have provided school and personal supplies and food for our students to assist in sustaining and supplementing their meals during the weekend. Many of them couldn't make it without it. And when COVID began in March, we had to really amp up our game because we continued to do uh, the feeding and backpack blessings every week, every day on some weeks. So the community, having watched us provide backpack blessings all of these years through the partnership, they stepped back and they said, we see that you're serving our kids and we want to be part of that. We want to help. And so we had unsolicited over 150 donors and numerous volunteers that stepped up to help us meet this. So truly through the tragedy, it became our testimony and the walls came down and we worked together. And then lastly, you ask about communication. And I will tell you that through COVID, we have partnered a lot with our health department, obviously, but also city and county government to do joint informational sessions on Facebook Live, which really took me out of my comfort zone. I was always that person who didn't want to do the videos. And then I'm on Facebook Live, which was scary to me. We also did joint press conferences and we met with state and national officials all as a group together, united. And we faced our challenges and we planned and collaborated together to make our community a safer place. So um, we would say that our mess certainly became our unified message together. And 
Interestingly enough, we were very surprised after all of this that uh, through all this, uh, we were nominated and selected as the best place to work in Hopkins County. So we were very excited about that. So. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Deanna, to you and your team on that and well-deserved. You know, and I think back on your your examples, I think the COVID situation accelerated the opportunity to continue those partnerships. But boy, if you wouldn't have established those partnerships, it would have been hard to do, you know, hard to build those relationships. So I can see why you received that recognition. Let's stay with COVID for a few minutes. Um, you and your team have done several things that have you anticipated the reopening of schools. What are some of the steps you took to to redesign school that includes a virtual learning platform? As we transitioned back in the late summer, we started with what we called soft openings. We felt like that we needed to teach our students the safety protocols and procedures because when we brought kids back to campus in small groups, school didn't look like school anymore. Nothing was the same. You didn't eat lunch the same. You didn't enter and exit the same way. Nobody ever took their temperature upon entering a campus. So we had to truly rework everything we did like everyone else. And so we felt like it was great to have soft openings to bring the kids in to not talk about math or science or English, but just to talk about the safety measures. We wanted to support their social and emotional needs and help build confidence in our students, but also in our parents that um, it was safe to come to school and that we had their best interest at heart. We obviously had to redesign instruction. So we redesigned the virtual program for students that wanted to learn 100% at home. And then also a hybrid program that we offer students two days of instruction in person and three days remotely. The redesign included more accountability for students and staff, because obviously when we went to non-traditional instruction in March, we had already been doing that for a while, but it was never meant as a long-term vehicle right. <laughs> instruction. Yeah. So we had to build in a lot more about our expectations and accountability for parents, students, and staff. We had to look for ways to sustain the virtual work long-term, something that will stand the test of time. We know that even after COVID subsides, we can use what we've learned to enhance learning opportunities for our students. We know that this is challenging for families because they are trying to manage work and school, and most of them don't have childcare um, in our area. So there are a lot of things that we tried to put in place to help and support our students and our families. We reassigned staff from our adolescent day treatment. So I just kept telling everybody, nobody's job looks the same. My role as superintendent is no longer the same. So everybody's got to think outside their box. So we reassigned staff to help reduce some of the load of the virtual students within the schools. We encouraged schools to do the same by reassigning staff within their buildings. We tried not to micromanage that. And then we um, used our survey data that we received from Studer to help shape our new technology approach. So we were able to provide Chromebooks for every student. And also we um, established five hotspots throughout the county because in rural Kentucky, everybody doesn't have, you know, the broadband internet that they need. And then lastly, we created a homework hotline because we knew that a lot of working parents would come home and have math questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's right. <laughs> home. And so we knew that there would be times from 5 to 8 p.m. that they would need help on working through all that. 
Yeah. And, you know, I know you get input from your community, from your parents. So when we think about the level of accountability for your students and employees, you know, we'll talk about what that looks like. But I'm guessing, Deanna, you've gotten really positive input and feedback from your parents based on the things that you're doing to support them. We have. It's hard because I believe that everybody has a differing opinion about COVID and mask wearing and all of that. And many of our parents just want the kids to go back five days a week. And we want our kids to go back five days a week. But I kind of equate it uh, when I talk about it, that we're just trying to get into the shallow end of the swimming pool. We're not ready to go the deep end and and jump off the diving board, but we're working toward that. And so with the safety protocols and everything, it just takes time. I think that's a great way, you know, just one little step at a time and keep moving forward, right? I mean, that's the, if you go back, just keep momentum forward. So, so let's talk a little bit about accountability. One of the things that people are afraid of is that because there's a new redesign of school that the the kids won't have the accountability that's attached to learning or employees won't be accountable for working. So what does that look like for your district? As soon as our employees returned to campus, I went and met with every faculty to explain the redesign of our virtual platform and listened. A big part of my visit was listening to their concerns. I stressed that the virtual platform and educational endeavor would be very different from what we had implemented in the spring and that it set the stage for much higher teacher and staff and student expectations and accountability. You keep hearing those words. Yeah. The redesign was based on feedback that we received from our surveys, and we wanted our stakeholders to know that their thoughts matter, and that's the reason why I went to them. Also made some videos on our Facebook Live, and parents would uh, make comments about that, and it opened up some dialogue for us. We implemented student participation guidelines that followed our state, which include expectations for virtual face-to-face contact with students as well as tracking participation. And in addition to participation, we also progress monitor along the way. And as we stated earlier, that the importance of communication, that we've planned virtual parent-teacher conferences to help support learning, because it's really a balance. Uh, some of our straight-A students, you know, are struggling a little bit in this method. So we've really yeah. tried to amp up our game of communication to help them find their balance with all of it. Uh, all sounds so easy. And I know not in any way, I mean, just with your, with what you've done with the connection with students and families, um, I know it's not easy for you and not easy for your team. So I just, you know, express my appreciation to you and I express it to them, Deanna, just really, really good work there. So as we close today, then we look ahead as we go into the end of the year, into the new year. Now, what advice do you have for your fellow superintendents and leaders? Well, certainly the one thing that COVID has done has brought all the superintendents much closer. I'm in quite a few different groups where we text constantly about what's going on. And the one thing we all agree on is that things change daily and sometimes hourly, um, and that we have to remain very flexible and fluid, helping our community to understand the decisions that we make are based on facts and data, and that there's going to be adjustments along the way based on the best information that we have. It has been helpful for us to use data from studer surveys and feedback that we've received. We just did the Pulse survey that helped us adjust and improve our plan. Literally today, we were on a call, a Zoom call, talking about rolling out our data and we're Zooming with all administrators tomorrow just to help us shape as we move forward because again, you have to remain very flexible. People seem to really appreciate parents and teachers and students 
being asked and that their voice is heard. We understand that our roles this year are very different and that, than they have ever been before. But at the end of the day, we want to become better leaders as a result of what we've learned in the partnerships that we have built in navigating through this challenge. And, you know, I think Deanna, that we, as difficult as it is and as difficult as it would continue to be, I just really think we'll all be better on the other side of this. You know, I think we'll be better leaders, better human beings, hopefully, and able to really build connections with each other. You know, I I think the work that you've done and that your team's doing you know, will be a showcase for that. I don't know if you feel that way, you know, in terms of us coming out better on the other side, but, uh, you know, sometimes we face these obstacles just for that purpose. Know what your thoughts are there. Absolutely. I I firmly believe that education, the classroom will never look the same again. We lose a lot of students to homeschool in Kentucky, and I don't know about across the nation, but we we don't want to lose any students. And I believe that through the virtual program, it is something that in Hopkins County, for sure, that we will want to sustain. We will want to give that opportunity for any students that want to continue even after COVID to be virtual learners, because, you know, lots of people work from home. There's a lot less travel now. Uh, Things just just don't look the same. And there's all kinds of reasons why people might want to learn from home. And so I truly believe that 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 is going to change the face of education across our nation. I do too. And you're going to be one of those great leaders that's going to help with that change. And you have been and you'll continue to be. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the work that Deanna and her team have done at Hopkins County in their schools to really provide the great support to students and their families. To learn more about what Deanna and her team are doing, as well as other K-12 and educational institutions, as well as some of our government organizations who have been very much a part of the work that we've been doing to build re-entry plans into schools. Come to our virtual event at What's Right in Education. And again, visit studereducation.com events. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.